And welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. He is Paul Dettino. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment Made to Chill. There are a number of reports circulating that the Giants have decided on their next head coach. Nothing is official, and as we are on the air right now, it remains that way. But we have seen the reports, just as you have, and there are multiple reports that the Giants are going to hire Joe Judge the special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach for the New England Patriots. He has been with the Patriots organization since 2012. He started off as a special teams assistant. He served in that position from 12 to 14, then from 15 to 18, had the title of special teams coordinator, which he currently has held, but added the role of wide receivers coach this past season. So he has been with the Patriots organization for quite some time. He helped Bill Belichick and company win three Super Bowl titles. And also prior to that, he was at Alabama as a special teams assistant from 2009 to 2011 when he helped the Tide win two national championships. So a lot of winning that Joe Judge has been around, and now he will have the task of trying to get the Giants back on the winning track. And we will certainly be fielding your phone calls along the way at 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. So the coaching carousel, Paul, has seemed to start to slow down as a number of these openings are being filled. And it appears, based on multiple reports, that the Giants have found their new head man. It does sound that way. Nothing official has been announced by the team, so we can't tell you exactly where that stands, but certainly... Uh, everything out there appears to point in that direction. I can tell you this. Uh, I don't know Joe Judge personally, and I'll be the first one to admit that. I have made a phone call. I have talked to one of his close friends and uh, somebody who was very much aware of his football career. And I said, okay, give me a thumbnail and a capsule. And basically what I was told, that is a football mind he is very much in tune to his mentors, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. That has to be viewed as a very, very high positive. Consider the fact that while he was under Belichick's command for eight years, he won three Super Bowl rings. While he was under Saban's command for three years, actually eight years with Belichick, three yeah. years with Saban, he won two national championships. Now, if any of you guys saw the documentary on Saban, and Belichick. Did you see it? Who told you about it? That, that's right. It was you who said I had to watch oh, it. Glad we're clarifying that on this program. That, go ahead. Yes, I'm first, first of all, that was an outstanding documentary. I told you you'd enjoy it. Enjoy it. It was a great watch. Yes. Wow. I, I watched it three times. I can only and imagine. And that was only in the first two days. <laughs> so, um, and there is no finer, there is no more successful, prolific winner uh, than Bill Belichick in the NFL and Nick Saban in college. To, to talk about a guy who coached for both, I mean, think about it this way. There's no way Saban is passing a guy who was part of his championship staff to Belichick unless his credentials are exemplary. And then for Belichick to keep him for eight years, I mean, how much more of an endorsement do you need? Well, I think Belichick has a great track record of grooming assistants. I think that's fair to be said, Paul. I mean, you, you know, look at people that have worked under him, they've slowly moved up the charts. I think that's been well documented. This would be like if Frank Sinatra said to you, hey, this kid just wrote a really good song, baby. You're not going to get a better endorsement than that. So, so that's the first thing. Now, when I was told, I said, look, uh, the respected football guy who I talked to, said to me, there are three things you want to know about Joe Judge. Number one, his work ethic is off the charts, which doesn't surprise me. Look who we're talking about, a Belichick uh, Saban guy. Number two, he is a football lifer. His dad played at Temple. His dad played in the CFL. He played backup quarterback himself at Mississippi State under, by the way, Jackie Sherrill, another guy who's got a pretty darn good coaching resume. Also played special teams when he was at Mississippi State. Okay. Uh, has gone through the different levels, college, pro. The number three thing I was told is that he is very detail-oriented. Once again, that should not surprise you. A byproduct of the guys he's the worked Saban with. The Saban-Belichick umbrella. 
I am told he is a player's coach. He is very vocal. He lets you know exactly what's going on and what the story is. He's not afraid to speak his mind and talk about it. So you know where you stand with him. Uh, he is energetic. Uh, he can be tough when he has to be. And these are all things that, uh, wow, I, I think I understand if the Giants, in fact, solidify a deal with him. I think I understand, based on those kinds of endorsements that I just got, why they would have been very impressed. Well, here's the other thing, just in terms of his background, Paul, that I think is important to note. A special teams coach, when you think about the breakdown of a team, special teams coordinator is the only other individual on staff, other than the head coach, that has an opportunity to address players from all three facets of the team. Think about that. His special teams unit is composed of offensive players and defensive players. When you're the coordinator of the offense and the defense, you're only really focusing on one element of the team. So aside from the head coach, a special teams coordinator, he's got the ear of players from all backgrounds within the team. And there has not been a major trend in recent history across the NFL of teams taking chances on special teams coordinators. Maybe this is going to change the trend. John Harbaugh, for example, who's the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, who's already won a Super Bowl, may have a good opportunity to win another one this season. They took a chance on him, and he's somebody that worked his way up, and he's done, you could say, a very good job in Baltimore in terms of building stability and winning a lot of football games. Well, remember this. Bill Belichick was a special teams guy yeah. way back when when his early coaching career started. So I'm sure that's another connection that him and Bill share, some type of osmosis, if you will. I think what surprises me, he's 38 years old. One Joe of the Judge. youngest in the NFL. He's also, by the way, a Philadelphia native. So let's also make it very clear. He grew up, you know, in Philly, and he understands the passion that people have in the Northeast for their teams, obviously working with the Patriots. Obviously, even working with Alabama, you know the passion those fans have. So he understands the pressure cooker. He understands the standard and the high, lofty expectations that come with being part of a very significant winning program. He gets all of that. And he has certainly watched two masters of their craft do what they do. Um, but I want to I add this, too. Again, at 38 years old, Figuring the wisdom that he has gained from those two geniuses, and I'm going to call Saban and Belichick geniuses. I don't think I'm far-reaching when I say that. They're geniuses. Well, two of the greats in the industry. Okay. Talk about that. That's 11 years combined of his 38 years. So, yeah, is he young at 38? He is. But 11 years of soaking in Saban and Belichick. I mean, he was a Dean's List guy. At, at Mississippi State when he played. Academic uh, honors. Did you get his transcript? No, but I checked into this. Okay, well, I'm the, just making the, sure. The yeah. guy is very intelligent. I guess what I'm saying is, 11 years with Saban and Belichick, man, 38 years old or not, he's probably got the wisdom of a guy who's in his 50s. A wealth of knowledge that he's been exposed to. I think that's been well documented. And not to go out of my way to provide a different perspective. But remember, it's important that we realize when you get a new job, he's also going to implement things that Belichick and Saban don't necessarily do because like any new head coach, you're going to try to put your own stamp on things. So, you know, his goal is not let me just duplicate everything I've learned, absorb what you learned, but then also go on your own and try to do it your way as well. So, you know, this is not the Giants bringing over a clone of Belichick Saban. Let's oh, not misinterpret not. No, that. no, 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 it's no. It's somebody I... that, though, and no, I'm not saying that you were throwing that out there. I'm just, once again, providing a different part of the conversation here. It's somebody, though, that has seen up close and personal what it takes to not just build up a team or a franchise, Paul, but to win consistently, okay? And that's the goal for the Giants, not just to bring in somebody that's going to flash for a year, somebody that's going to build the infrastructure that you can then prosper off of for years to come. Well, think about this. At 38 years old, <laughs> there's certainly an expectation if they win and build a very strong organization around him, he will probably be here for quite a long time. Well, I think it's that's not the like, goal of any team. Yeah. Right? It's not like he's going to be looking for the uh, the end of the tunnel anytime soon. Well, but the reason I bring that up is, remember, one of the things that John Mara, 
emphasized during his press conference is the fact that, you know, they're aware between Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer, there's been a number of coaches here in the span of a short period of time. They want to now find the guy that, to your point, they could bring in who then could flourish for a long period of time. And the last thing any team wants to do is go on the coaching carousel every four to five years. So that's the layout of the land of Joe Judge. Once again, nothing official from the Giants' perspective, but we have seen the reports, as you have seen, that say the Giants have found their new head coach and is the special teams coordinator and the wide receivers coach for the New England Patriots. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Let's open up the phone lines. I'm sure we're going to get plenty of reaction over the course of the program. And we go to Bob, who is in Somerset. He gets us going here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Bob? Hey, uh, so I had a couple questions. Number one, are you surprised that the Giants passed on Matt Rowe? And number two, not something a lot of people have talked about, should James Betcher be replaced or given another chance? Well, first of all, every assistant that is currently under contract, Dave Gettleman made this very clear at his press conference. They were all told that they could pursue jobs, they can continue to use the facility, and that the Giants would recommend to the incoming coach that he at least consider some of them. So I don't know what's been going on with the current Giants assistants. I don't know if they've gone on for interviews or explored other jobs, but that was made clear to any staff members. So I don't know the current status of James Betcher to answer your question, but I think it is fair to say that the new coach may at least consider and talk to some of the existing assistants before perhaps going in his own direction, whatever he wants to do. The other thing in terms of Matt Rule, the Giants never had an official interview with him, nor have they ever confirmed any reports that they were planning to speak with him as far as the team is concerned. So when you voice it as they missed out on him, you know, we've got to be clear in terms of what exactly transpired over the last 24 to 48 hours. All right, thank you. You got it, Bob, and appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much for weighing in. Okay. I don't know if you wanted to add anything else There's to that. There's nothing point. to add. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a pretty simple, straightforward question, and you answered it. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, head back to the phone lines. Let's check in with Doug, who is in Rochester. Doug, welcome aboard. What do you got for us? Hey, uh, Lance and Paul. How's this mad room? I've been watching um, the news all morning. I was told um, um, on ESPN that uh, Matt Rule called – yeah, um, um, John Mayer and, them and, and told them after the Panthers that if you could match my master contract, he would come. He would come to the Giants. Now this is what this was reported. So he did contact the Giants. And the Giants told him to go ahead, and go ahead with the job. So. Okay, but once again, I mean that, that's a report. That's nothing official from the team. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, okay, but as a Joe Judge, okay, I get it. Um, a lot of Giants fans may be upset, but um, if you, like um, Joe Judge, like Mike Tomlin and Harbaugh, you know, they, they didn't start off as coordinators, and you see the success they have. And I, what I hear about Joe Judge, he's an educator. He, he went for his degree, he went for education. He's a good he did. teacher. That yep. is true. So, Maybe that's what the Maris is looking for. They like, uh, like they tried two offensive coordinators, McAdoo and um, and Sermon. That didn't work out. So maybe I, I can see where they're going. You know, maybe um, this guy, young guy, educator, and then there's some other things that Jason Garrett. They might look in for Jason Garrett to be the offensive coordinator. So. Basically, like Sean McBay did, he was young. He got his offensive coordinator, defense coordinators. You were some of them were head coaches. Yeah, he got Wade he Phillips, who was a previous experience. head coach. Right. I'm yeah. hoping that the Giants look at it that way too. Well, see, I, I would agree with you. It would seem to me if you're going to hire a uh, young head coach with no NFL head coaching experience, it would seem to me the logical step for your coordinators would be guys who have. NFL experience, preferably at least at the coordinator, if not head coaching level, because there are things that you're going to want to bounce off of them. And let me make something very clear. Despite the fact that I made this call today to find out about Joe Judge, and certainly I'm very impressed with what I've heard. It intrigues me. Uh, I certainly am looking forward to learning more about him. And for his sake and the Giants' sake, I hope it works out very well. But let me make something very, very clear. As important as this decision is, and we've talked about this on previous shows, the makeup of his staff is going to be critical. 
I will not back away from that statement. Let's see how he fills out the rest of his staff. And, you know, again, the coordinators are huge, but the rest of the position coaches are important too because the Giants had 31 players at the end of the season, two years of NFL experience or less, and those young puppies, as as Dave said, and, and I, I have no problem calling them that, those young puppies need to be groomed. Yeah, They need to be taught. And so the staff is a big deal. Okay, I got to have one more question, Paul. Lance, you want to join that? Okay, this is the third year, and you got this young coach coming in. You, Paul, you put it to us as a, and which makes sense. Third year, you know, you get the draft choices. Now the Giants are set up real, real swell. To me, they are. They got these one and two and three year players. A young team, they have a nice salary cap to bring in for the offseason, bringing some more vets, especially on defense. Um, so these rookies, this new coach comes in, and he, like you say, he, he interviews the coaches and see who he likes. Now, my question to you, these players, uh, Lorenzo College, Deion Baker, these the second-year players, Barkley and all of them, even Barkley, but we know how he is. So do you really love – these players will get um, – they're going to take a look at them, right? And they're going to see if they got the potential to play, right? They're going to they're gonna be looked at. These, like you said, Paul, these, these young players, this is the time to look, take a look at them when you're adding these vets. So is that going to happen? Well, what you need is not just look at them. These guys are here. There have been, there have been a lot of draft picks invested in these young players we're talking about over the last two seasons these guys are here it's not about looking at them it's about making sure you get maximum production out of them and as quickly as possible that's what this is about that's what i'm talking about do they have the potential to move on and keep going on well one would think so you got to look at it like this the giants got number four pick too coming up this year yes that is very crucial pick so sure you know that. He, 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 what I'm saying is, you got all these young players. Here comes another young player, fourth round, fourth pick. So these players are got to start producing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, and that's the goal of bringing in a well-rounded coaching staff. And appreciate the phone call, Doug, to uh, grab them and coach them up. I mean, that's obviously the ultimate goal when it comes to these players. But if your question is, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, what the last caller was bringing up, Paul. When they have the interview process, okay, I'm sure they ask Joe Judge, give us your perspective on this current roster. What are some of the players that jump out to you? you know, what are some of the things that you think you can bring to the table that can maybe pull out more potential out of these players? If the coach they interview is not enamored by most of the players or doesn't think he can work with them, then probably that candidate does not make any sense to ultimately being hired. So I'm sure there was definitely an enthusiasm shown out of Joe Judge when the interview process went along that you know there were some things that he recommended and saw out of this roster that he believes he could do. But the coaching staff is going to help him accomplish that feat. And I agree with you, Paul. You know, Sean McVay, who the caller brought up, is a good example. You know, he came in, was in his 30s on the low side and brought in Wade Phillips, a veteran defensive coordinator. Hell, even Ron Rivera who just got the Redskins job, who was much more experienced than most of the other candidates out there, brought in Jack Del Rio, another previous head coach, to be his defensive coordinator. So, you know, if you can have an individual that can go off to his corner of the building, his corner of the roster, and can handle his own business, and you don't have to micromanage him, that to me is extremely important for a young coach like a Joe Judge, because you at least feel I could delegate the responsibilities to that side of the field that facet of the team, and I don't have to worry about hovering over that individual. That's not to say that he shouldn't be taking part in those meetings and being invested in that, but the head coaching responsibilities are a lot different than when you're a special teams coordinator and a wide receiver coach. You know, Now, all of a sudden, you have media responsibilities. You have a lot more things, Paul, on your plate that is different from just going off and meeting with your own group of players. So that's what I think any young coach starts to learn you have to divvy up your time accordingly, and that's why having an experienced coach at the coordinator positions, I think, can really help you accomplish those other tasks that maybe you weren't anticipating. Now, there is one other thing I want to, I want to make one other point here. There are so many people who have said over the course of, of the last several years 
that the Giants had always gone for the comfortable choice, right? We've heard that before. That, that's been a common criticism. Well, as far as I can tell, I don't believe that Joe Judge has any previous connection to the Giants organization, other than if you want to say Belichick is a connection, long-range connection. Yeah. But I don't really consider that to be a true no, connection No, I mean, he wasn't an se. assistant here previously or whatever it right. might be. But, I mean, you could say the same thing about Shermer, though, too. No, no, but I'm, I'm simply saying that, you know, there were those who had suggested, well, you know, they'll just wind up going for a comfortable fit. You know, they've kept Dave Gettleman on as the GM. They're just going to find somebody, the square peg that fits the square peg, and they won't necessarily make a bold move or think out of the box. Look, I've all along said I thought it should be a veteran head coach, NFL head coach, with playoff winning experience. That would have been my top criteria as I had gone into the search. Okay, I don't make those decisions, and that's perfectly fine. You look at this guy, Joe Judge, and you say, there's no connection, at least on the forefront, to the New York football giants. So what they have done is made a bold move and had strong conviction to do it based on the guy's credentials, not with any back channels, not with any... Um, you know, pre-existing pre, yeah, pre-existing yeah. conditions or relationships. That to me says an awful lot. To be perfectly frank, for them to make a bold move like this tells you that they were ultra convinced, based on this guy's very impressive resume, that he has a real good chance to make it work here. Well, and speaking of the resume, remember New England is if the, he's the guy. If New England, if you look at what they've done in terms of the development of players. You know, this is a franchise that has built the nucleus of its roster around the draft too, Paul. You know, New England's not the type of team that spends a lot of money in free agency. You know, they believe in development and Judge specifically has been working with a lot of young guys on special teams because that's where all of these young players start. So, you know, that to me, I'm sure, was part of the conversation. You know, you've helped groom a lot of young players through special teams, even the wide receivers. He was the wide receivers coach this season. He had to work with Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers, two rookie wide receivers. Remember, a lot of talk was the fact that, you know, Brady was exposed to much more youth than he had ever been exposed to, you know, during his dynasty with New England. And I think there's some validity behind that. So, you know, that to me is also important. It's not so much being exposed to winning, being exposed to Saban and Belichick. What have you done with young players? And how much exposure have you had with young players and asking them to do things immediately to produce? And I'm not saying that all of them went on to win Pro Bowls and had all of these accolades. That's not my point. It's the bottom line is he's been exposed to working with the younger generation of the NFL on the Patriots roster, the, which is a big part of what he's going to be tasked in doing here with the New York Giants. That's a very good point. And I think the other point to be made about special teams coordinators, which maybe sometimes makes you feel a little odd why they haven't gotten more ink in terms of head coaching jobs, is the fact that they are constantly asked to get guys to buy in to something that a lot of guys weren't used to buying in on. We know all the time that stars at, at college programs or even guys who were regular players on other NFL teams, they get to a new team and all of a sudden they're told, you're playing specials and you got to buy in. Yeah, you got to want to do it. And so he clearly gets guys to buy in. That's obvious. That's got to be considered a very, very valuable trait. Number two, it also indicates that he's got to be flexible because even though you want guys to buy into your system, you are dealing with so many different personalities and, and clearly some that are going to be uncomfortable with their change in roles. And to be able to still get them motivated means that it, on a personality level, he's got to be flexible enough to then get them to buy in to the X's and O's that he's trying to get them to follow. I, I think... I think philosophically speaking, that is a very interesting and valuable point, and it does make you wonder why maybe more long-term successful special teams guys have not gotten more opportunities at other jobs. Well, and that's why I started off by saying a special teams coach has a different perspective compared to another coordinator because they also have to deal with the entire roster, which is what you just alluded to, Paul. And just think about this. Thomas McGahee, 
the Giants special teams coordinator. Think about all the injuries and the movable parts that he had to deal with this season, right? You know, roster changes no come every single week, and, you know, you may have to deal with a new return guy, a new gunner, new long snapper, which is what the Giants were exposed to this season. So Judge has also had to deal with the same types of challenges. As roster changes occur, specifically at the bottom of the roster, it probably impacts the special teams coordinator much more so than any other coach on the team because he always has to deal with players that play the least amount of snaps that they don't want to expose as much to injury. So once again, that is a much different perspective that I think other coaches perhaps throughout the course of their careers have not been exposed to. Let's head back to the phone lines and let's check in with Carlos in Astoria. Carlos, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you got for us? Hey guys, good morning. I'm Hi, good afternoon at this point. Yep. What's on your mind? <laughs> um, PSA announcement for every fan that thinks they know how these head coaches are going to turn out. You don't. Nobody knows. No, sir, you uh, don't. It, it is a crapshoot in many ways. Even existing coaches, guys who have success in one spot, you see them go to another job and they don't duplicate the same success. So um, I think I've spoken to you guys about this, and I know, Paul, you're a big proponent of it. I'm glad they hired somebody that's not going to come in and call the plays on either offense or defense. They have a, a head coach that's going to oversee the operation. That's certainly what it looks like, and, yeah. and, I'm, and you're absolutely right. I have long yeah. said that that's my belief in how I would run an organization. Yeah, it's that CEO yeah. model where you then delegate responsibilities to the individuals underneath you. And the last two coaches, both Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer, have done dual responsibilities for the most of right. their tenures. Yeah. I, I own my own business, guys, and one of the things I was taught by somebody who, I, you know, who had a very successful businessman once told me is don't work in your business, work on it. And I think that's kind of the idea of, of having like that overseer uh, idea. So three names I'd love to see the Giants look at here. Um, I saw this morning that they had requested permission to speak to Garrett, and he was a guy that didn't excite me as a head coach, but... Ed Werner is reporting the Giants trying to interview him to be the offensive coordinator. Um, and obviously, I think that would be a, a, a great pickup for the Giants, considering they have a young quarterback, um, you know, and an experienced head coach. I think he'd be great. You have Wade Phillips out there. And another name I really would love to see is Bill Callahan uh, in here as the offensive line coach, um, so we can get those things in here. Um, so, move over, Aaron Judge. There's a new judge in town. If you're a fan who's upset, you don't know anything. Matt Rule could bomb just like many college coaches have bombed. He could be great, but we'll never know. All that matters is if our guy's good, it was good. So good luck to uh, Joe. Uh, welcome to the Giants, and I'll talk to you guys. I'll listen to you guys up here. All right, Carlos. Thanks for the phone call. And we don't know how any of these guys are going to turn out. Listen, this is his first head coaching experience. It's his first head coaching opportunity. Uh, until you give a guy an opportunity, you don't know, you know how they're going to take over in that role and whether or not they're going to succeed. You can say the same thing about a college guy moving from college to the pros. There's always the land of the unknown. I think that what happens during this coaching carousel and around this time of the season is everybody tries to crown a candidate and get excited over a specific candidate because they look at their resume, they may have watched a play here or there, but you never know how things are going to translate. Finding a coach to me is very much like the draft, Paul. It's an inexact science. You could do your homework, you could do your research, <laughs> you can sit down for hours, sure. and there's no guarantee it's going to work out to perfection. <laughs> so I see a lot of similarities in terms of those phases. Well, again, there are so many factors. You may hire the right guy, but then so many other circumstances kind of collaborate to throw things amiss. And then it turns out the final results don't become what you want them to be. That's just the way it is. You, you know, you could hire the wrong guy and sometimes things work out well and it turns out to be better than you thought. There's, you're right. You're absolutely right. There is nothing. Was was it was it the great German physicist Heidenberg, who wow, once I said, think we "We're gonna go this deep on Big Blue Kickoff." Well, I life. think okay. didn't he, didn't he once say what did that he say? There, yes. there are no certainties in life. Nothing is ever is ever. For I've sure. heard that phrase. I don't know if it's credit to him, but I'll believe you on that front. 
I thought yeah. it was him. No, you could be right. I'm not doubting you. But my, my I didn't know you were that well studied up on physicists. Not, but anyway, yes. Not, not, not okay. really. But uh, you should have revealed this I, on I, earlier I programs. Have, I have a little heard, disappointed. I've heard yeah. of, the, of the guy. Okay. Yes. Um, and so you know, if if nothing's for sure and nothing is certain, well then you use your logic at the time, and you do everything you can to make the dominoes line up as best as possible. And then wherever they fall is where they're going to fall. Let's head back to the phone lines. Coach Marvin is in Delaware. Coach Marvin, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening? How you doing, John and Lance? It's Lance. That's one strike. Let's see if you can redeem yourself the second time around. Hello, Hello Marvin. I yes. Lance. I said Lance. Yeah, you said John. So Yeah, I, I don't know. Paul. It's okay. <laughs> I heard John, but it's okay. Well, we'll let you continue. I Lance, I can tell the difference when you two. Maybe I got caught up and said John, but I, I could have sworn I said Lance. Anyway, no worries. We'll, we'll still give uh, you an opportunity to speak. Okay, go ahead, yes. Marvin. <laughs> um, I talked to Paul, and it was John, uh, I think a week ago, when we were talking about uh, what type of uh, uh, coaches we would like to prefer. And then Paul was talking about that. He wanted an offensive guy that uh, – in the playoffs and, you know, no, no, it wasn't an offensive guy. It was it was uh, a veteran NFL head coach who had won postseason games, and I would have probably leaned more towards a defensive guy. And that, that would have been the top of my checklist uh, during the course of the search. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I don't know if you remember my conversation. Is that more like I didn't care if it was an offensive or defensive coordinator. I wanted a man, a, a person that can lead men. And uh, I'm thinking that's the route they're trying to take, someone that can lead men. And if you can get a good staff, because I was in a similar position, not on this level, but in a similar position of my first year of any football coaching. Um, I came in similar to that. Um, but uh, he has to get coordinators around him. And I was going to say it last week about Jason Garrett. I was going to ask you, Paul, what did you think of Jason Garrett? Because I thought... He has um, um, him being a uh, offensive coordinator. It's a prove-it year for him, and there's nothing worse than a man that has anger and want to prove something to people that he can do something. And I think he will be a good coordinator to come in with the Giants under the staff. Um, you're also going to need a good defensive coordinator. Someone mentioned that the person I like was the kid that. Um, he was a wide receiver coach for the Atlanta Falcons, but he was once a head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't think of his name right now. And Atlanta was playing bad football. They moved him to the wide receiver, from the wide receiver coach to the defense. Oh, you're talking about Raheem coach. Morris. Raheem Morris That's is the guy that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, former head coach of the Bucs. Yeah. Yeah. He was a defensive coordinator before he got the job as a um, head coach for Tampa. So... Again, another person coming in wanting to prove to the league that he wants, that he can do the job and has head coaching experience. So those are the two people I would like to see them. Well, I don't think I don't think Morris is reality because Morris was promoted to the Falcons defensive coordinator position when Dan Quinn made changes. So I don't see him uh, moving over to another team in the same position. I, I think uh, that that's probably not realistic. You know, Jason Garrett certainly is going to be a free agent. Uh, Wade Phillips was another guy that somebody threw out. Both previous head coaches who have coordinator experience as well. Garrett was the Cowboys OC from 07 to 09. Still had the play-calling responsibilities when he took over as head coach in 10 until Scott Linehan came along. So he's done both. He's done them separately. Uh, I think that's certainly somebody who fits the profile of what Paul and I have been talking about, that if you have a first-year head coach or a first-time head coach, I should say, you want to surround yourself with an experienced coordinator. So he would certainly fit that resume. He would. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I didn't know Morris became the uh, defensive coordinator. So if he is, then you're right. He's off the table. There's no way yeah. he's getting. Um, but um, for some reason, uh, Judge must have impressed him in the um, interview process. Absolutely. And, and it had to do with um, leading, leading men. And you guys made a good point about special teams. And a lot of times special team guys, they're very motivated anytime, even though they only get like, what, maybe 5 to 10% of the game is on their shoulders. But they, they're normally motivated 
people. And um, and I did bring up with Paul them a week ago. I brought up um, Paul Ball's name. I brought up Tomlin's name. Tomlin wasn't a special team coach, but he only been a coordinator for one year. Mm-hmm. And, and the other one is uh, Bill Cower. And all of these guys, the one thing they are, are leaders of men without being, you know, specifically uh, special people in offense or defense. They're actually are good leaders of men. And I think I, I don't mind us going in this direction. As long as this guy can show that he can lead men, and um, and, and, um, and Lance brought up a, a good uh, point, that he learned, and I think Paul was part of that conversation, he learned from Bill and he learned um, from... Um, Saban. From out in Alabama. Yeah, Nick Saban. Um, Saban. So he learned from them, but you don't want him to come in trying to be these guys. Well, you can't. No, you can't. You can't mimic or imitate somebody else because then that's not you. And people will see through that facade in five minutes. And we'll let you go on that note, Coach Marvin. Thanks for weighing in. So what you have to do is take all the things that you learned, whether whether or not it's the strategies, the philosophies, the work ethic. You could take all of those things, but still, it's your personality. It's what you are about that is going to execute those kinds of things in the job once you get there. Because tons of Belichick assistants have gone on to become head coaches in the NFL, as well as college. So it's not as if he's going to be the first individual to leave that tree, but it's a matter of how can you take what you learned and apply it in your own situation with a different group of players, Mm -hmm. and you no longer have Belichick or Saban to turn to, and whether or not you can make it work. That's, I think, the biggest challenge for any former Belichick or Saban assistant. Let's uh, head back to the phone lines as we move along here on the latest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. In case you're just joining us, according to multiple reports, nothing official, though, as we are on the air right now from the Giants. It does appear they have settled on their new head coach, and that is Joe Judge, special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach of the New England Patriots. Alex is in New Jersey. He joins us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Alex? How you doing, uh, Paul and Lance? Hi, right, Alex. Guys been feeling my thunder, but it is what it is. Um, I'm actually just wanted to say I'm on board with Paul. You know, it is what it is. They already, I know it's not official. It seems like they signed their guy, but I would have definitely liked someone with experience. Like I'm talking about experience, like Bill Cow. I had to try to, you know, pay him whatever to get him out of that seat, but whatever it is. I don't <laughs> think he's returning to coaching, so I, I think that's a bit of a pipe dream. But anyway, definitely, definitely. Um, but no, I just wanted to say I've been listening. You know, I'm a huge Giants fan, listening to the radio, to you guys, NFL Network. And I just want to say to the fans, like, you know, a lot of guys are disappointed because of Matt Rule. At the end of the day, Matt Rule has done the same thing in the NFL that uh, Joe Judge has done. Nothing, you know what I'm saying, as a head coach. So this is give him a chance. Hopefully, you know, he's a good coach, and hopefully he could turn this around, you know, be part of the process to turn this around. and. You know, we could get the Giants in, in their winning ways, you know, like before. And then I just had a question that I wanted to take um, off the air. Sure. So the same thing, you know, everybody's been mentioning about, um, I forgot his name, uh, Garrett, the, the Cowboys Garrett. ex-coach. Yeah. So being that he's, you know, being uh, run into for the offensive coordinator job, I, my question is, do you think that Joe Judge had to do with that decision or you think that uh, the Giants organization or Dave Gettleman and just the owners – are bringing him in uh, regardless of Joe, Joe Judge's uh, input. Oh, I think it was made very clear by Dave Gettleman at his presser last week that, uh, or within the last week, that the Giants were going to have the head coach, the new head coach, make his staff hires. The only thing that the Giants organization was going to do was say, look, we have these other guys who have been here, uh, you know, give them a chat. And, and as far as I'm concerned... Uh, nothing has changed. That's the way it's always been with the Giants, and I see no reason to believe otherwise. Yeah, you make recommendations, but you never force a coach onto a head coach. And I think that's how it operated with Pat Shermer, and I don't see that changing. As Paul mentioned, and I said this earlier in the show, Dave Gettleman made it even clear that the current assistants, they are not going to force them on the new coach, who it appears to be Joe Judge. They'll maybe recommend that you should speak to them, which there's no harm in doing, and I think that would probably be something valuable for Joe Judge because you could look at it, who better knows the players on the current roster 
than the assistants. So even if you're looking at it as a valuable learning lesson, right, to learn right. about some personnel, I don't think there's any crime in maybe speaking to some of the current assistants. I would add one thing about Jason Garrett. Remember when he was a backup here with the Giants many years ago, and we all knew him in the, in the press corps, and it was clear because of his family's football history he was going to wind up being a head coach at some point. He would wind up being, he was a quarterback's coach for a while, then he was yep. a coordinator. Remember, he was with the Dolphins for a little while. And by the way, he was under Saban. Yes. Just to Correct. show you the connection Correct. There. He was in Miami when Saban was the head coach. And um, so, you know, Jason Garrett did pay his coaching dues before he got the Cowboys head coaching job. Certainly. And, you know, the football runs thick in his blood. He is a, a quality individual. I mean, no one has ever questioned, regardless of what you think about his one loss record with the Cowboys, no one has ever questioned him as a quality individual and as the kind of guy who you'd want to have work for your organization. Now, his one loss record, I understand. There's, uh, we've all talked about it. The Cowboys have had some really good teams and appear to have underachieved. Who knows what those reasons were? But again, uh, if, if he were to come to the Giants... It would not be in the in the head coaching capacity. It, it appears it would be in some other capacity. So that does not become an issue or a question that they have to deal with. 201-939-4513. Let's go to CJ in the Bronx. CJ, welcome to the Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening? Good afternoon, guys. Hi. Um, if, if Judge is actually our coach, I'm happy about that. As a no-name guy, work with Bill Belichick and, uh, and Nick Saban, which is a plus problem I have with it is, if he brings in Jason Garrett, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> I see 10 years we watched Jason Garrett do what he's done with the Cowboys. I'm sorry. There's a lot more options out there. Um, well, let, let me just say this, CJ, and this is all according to reports, so we don't know what's going to happen and the validity behind the, the Jason Garrett. But, you know, when I always hear people say that, you know, they're irritated because they look at what's going on with the Cowboys, the Cowboys won three NFC East titles in the span of five years under Jason Garrett. Just as a means of comparison, CJ, who else in the division can match what was done under Garrett? Just out of curiosity, including this I team that we're talking about right now. Let's be serious. Our division's been down for the last couple of years. And we no, 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 but, but, but see, but hold, hold on. You can't see the reason why I'm not going to accept that is in 2011, when the Giants won the division and then ultimately won a Super Bowl, they were a 7-7 seven and seven team and then ultimately won their last two games over the Jets and the Cowboys and rode that to a Super Bowl. So I could say the same argument. The division was down that year. That didn't prevent anybody from now taking away from the ability of the Giants to win a Super Bowl or bringing down the meaning of that Lombardi trophy. So you can't pick and choose what years you want to say the division was down versus the division was up to your standards. I'm not picking and choosing. Well, I even, my favorite Giant team was the 017. That 2011 team was hot. But my goal is to make sure this kid we have right now, nice number number eight, is being developed and he's growing. And we need an identity in the, in the city. We need an identity of punching someone in the face. That's all I'm asking for. Well, but if if you're gonna go, if you're gonna look at it if you're gonna look at it through that lens, you're talking about a coach that helped develop Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. Well, if that's how you're looking Tony at it, Romo. what happened? He can't. He can't take credit at Tony Romo. Why can't he? Tony Romo was part of Bill Parcells. Yeah, Tony but Romo, but but Garrett arrived. Was, Garrett arrived in 07. So Romo was only four years into the league by then. Yeah. We're, we're not talking about a guy that had ten years of experience. Okay. Okay. And Romo wasn't the starting quarterback under Parcells the whole time, too. So you also have to remember this: this man, it was this man also has questionable calls. If AD, you're going to choose a coach, um, bringing Gus Bradley or something like that, bringing a uh, bringing Mike Munchak. He was part of the old Titans coach that had an identity. He knows how to coach the offensive line. He has options there. We still have options out there. I understand it's not official, Gary. This is just a rumor. But we cannot – we had to talk about other people. We okay, had to give well, up Listen, options. you're entitled to your opinion, CJ. All I'm saying is is that I think people overlook the facts. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, what, what, what else you got aside from Garrett rumors? Um, we just need an identity. The kids, we got, got a nice group of young kids. Bring in someone that's going to coach up the kids. Make sure we teach them basic stuff so we can win games. Put them in the right situations as the coordinators. Uh, I said Mike Munchak. 
Arthur Smith and the Titans, because I heard that he, he doesn't have a uh, 2020 deal. Um, and uh, Gus Bradley, because he's unemployed right now. We have options out there. Just talk to everybody. There's no, we don't have to rush the coordinated thing. You guys sing your bowl to go even talk to more people. Well, and I'm sure, I'm sure Joe Judge is going to do his due diligence in terms of putting his staff together. I, I don't really doubt that. A uh, number of the names, though, that the last caller brought up, by the way, are not necessarily offensive-minded people if you're once again countering you know, Garrett or somebody else. Munchak has been an offensive line coach for the majority of his career. I have never a big been an Munchak, offensive coordinator. No, he's a great big coach. Big Munchak fan, by the way. He's never been an OC, though, is all I'm saying. No. So, I mean, if you're looking at him for that position, that would be throwing somebody into a current position similar to the head coaching position that has never done that before. Munchak's uh, offensive lines throughout his yep. entire career, from the time he played, till his coaching career and through that have been outstanding Mike Munchak to me is one of the first names that would come to mind if any team was looking for an offensive line coach so would Bill Callahan to be quite frank with you Callahan's got an amazing track record in terms of what he's done with personnel with the Cowboys and the Redskins and uh, as far as Gus Bradley uh, was the defensive coordinator of the Chargers so, you know, he has been also with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he has a lot of experience, though. Now, I don't know with 100% certainty whether or not he's on the market. Uh, I did not hear anything about the Chargers parting ways with him. So, you know, the last caller threw his name out. You got to be careful when you throw out some of these names, uh, whether or not they're under contract sure. or with existing teams. And I didn't hear anything uh, as of this program that he actually has parted ways with the Chargers. He is under Anthony Lynn as it stands right now on the Chargers coaching staff. Let's head back to the phone lines. Brandon is in New Jersey. He joins us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Brandon? Hey, hey what's, what's going on, man? Hi. Uh, first Do right. of all, I like Say I love I love the hire Joe Judge I love it I feel as though that he's going to be one of the best that ever came from Belichick staff and wait and see what he's going to do I believe it was under the radar I believe it was something that we needed a teacher a guy that's going to be organized I'm hearing everything about him it's good but as the coordinator like the guy was just saying I don't think I want Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator neither me personally. I would I would like to look into Mike McCoy to see if he's uh, available or uh, either Mike McCoy or Brad Childress and our defensive coordinator. I take a look at Marvin Lewis to see if he want to run the defense. I take a look at Marvin Lewis. That's the only time, and maybe Terrell Austin as the defensive coordinator. Um, I feel as though like we should we should not force Garrett on him. Let if he he's an organizer, he's a planner. Let him do. Let him uh, have his vision on how he wants his coordinators to be and let him execute his plan. Let's let him do what he needs. Don't force no coordinators on him or none of that. I feel as though and um, I feel like it's a great hire. And I feel as though that he's going to get us turned around. So what you what you guys think about Marvin Lewis as the defensive coordinator and um, maybe Mike McCoy as the offensive coordinator or Brad Childress? I think the entire pool is open right now because over the course of the last year or two, because of the upheaval and changes in staffs, specifically to get younger with these NFL coaching staffs, I think there are plenty of guys out there to fill these spots who have lengthy and successful resumes. So to be honest with you, I have not looked. I mean, this is all happening so quick within the last hour. I have not looked at the complete pool of experienced veteran coaches who would fit the bill for either of the coordinator spots uh, or even any of the position coaches' spots. So it would be premature and foolish to even talk about that kind of thing right now. But I do believe that philosophically speaking, you should be able to find some quality veteran NFL yeah. coaching guys who should be uh, certainly well-considered to be part of the staff. Well, and whenever and would, you're, a, I would, and I would, I would definitely take a look at Marvin Lewis as the defense coordinator. Well, Marvin Lewis has been, out, he was and, out of the, and McCoy, well, McCoy, and I and I heard what you said, Brandon. And listen, appreciate the phone call. Uh, all of those guys that you mentioned are previous head coaches who, once again, we said fit the resume for somebody that's a first-time head coach. You'd want to be able to surround yourself with those individuals. No disagreement there. Uh, Marvin Lewis was out of the NFL last season. He was with uh, Herman Edwards at Arizona State, serving as, I believe, a consultant. Now, a lot of it is whether or not he wants to come back to the NFL as a coordinator, or would he prefer to return as a head coach? You know, that's 
only something that he can answer. Uh, Mike McCoy has also been previously an offensive coordinator. Now, all of those names fit the profile of what we were talking about. But here's the other thing. When you go for an interview, Paul, as a head coach, whether you're a previous head coach or somebody that has never put a staff together, you know, one of the things that you need to be prepared for is when they interview you, they're going to ask you, who do you envision as a coordinator? What type of a scheme do you envision implementing no that? So Judge has laid out to the Giants brass, I'm sure, you know, what his game plan is. Now it's a matter of can he actually go out and get those assistants. You know, case in point, not to get completely off topic, the Cowboys, according to reports, have hired Mike McCarthy. McCarthy was out of football all of last season, Paul, and what he did was he put together, I don't know if you saw this piece, the McCarthy With Jim Hazlitt was one of his guys. Correct. Jim Hazlitt, he put together a bunch of coaches that were also not coaching, and they got together every week at his barn, and they went over schemes, and so he said when he was going to go on interviews, he already has his staff together. He already had a game plan or he knew, not maybe everybody, but he knew who he'd want to bring along. And you bring that to the interview and sure you, you tell do. them, hey, this is who I'm thinking of my OC. This is who I'm thinking of a DC. Because that to me is a big selling point to convince the team well, to bring is. in his head coach. And of course, uh, you have those guys in mind with the thought that you have a good chance to get them. But not all of those guys are able to break free. Of course. And sometimes... You then get the job, and then it's like, okay, well, we got to go down to choice number two or three because those guys couldn't break free. It happens. This is Big Blue Kickoff Live. We appreciate you for tuning in. It is brought to you by Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment, Made to Chill. He is Paul Dettino. I'm Lance Meadow. As we move along here till the top of the hour, let's go to Neil, who is in New York. Neil, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening? Hey, guys. Wild day, huh? Hi. Absolutely. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I mean, I'm... Um... Grateful. I'm, I'm still in processing this. I'm in shock a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm, good. I'm good with this hire. Um, I'm curious about if I'll take it, you know, after I get off. If he interviewed elsewhere, was he in demand with other teams? I don't know much about him. Well, but what difference you know, does that make, Neil? And uh, Belichick, you know, training program. Uh, and I really. I'm happy that it won't be Jason Garrett, and I don't know any Giant fans that wouldn't be going crazy if it was Jason Garrett. And why? And one last thing: Wayne Phillips was let go. Uh, I'll take your comments. Well, Neil, Neil, real quickly before we let you go, just out of curiosity, when you ask, you know, was he in high demand? What difference does it make if he was in high demand from other teams? Merely curiosity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's all. No, I, I was just curious why. It's going to get spun that, oh, well, you know, he's a second choice. Uh, and some of the things I'm reading tell me he's the first choice, and they kind of told uh, Matt Rule to, uh, you know, we're not going your direction. Your thoughts? Well, I think, and appreciate the phone call, Neil. First of all, you got to be careful with everything you read. And, and Paul, I, I believe you wanted to bring this up earlier in the show. And oh, I think you mean it's how? Appropriate you mean how two you years ago, now. Matt yes. Patricia was going to be the Giants' head coach? Well, I think it's somewhat relevant to the conversation. How did now. that work out? Yeah. So once again, you got to be careful what you read. You know, the sources and people have agendas out there, and they want to spin things here or there. To me, all that matters is that the Giants walked away from the interview they had with Joe Judge. They were impressed. They liked what they heard. He seemed to have a game plan in their eyes, and they're now going to empower him, according to multiple reports, in becoming the next head coach. That's all that matters because the only people that truly know who the first choice was, the second choice, Paul, are the people that were part of the interview process. No, here's Anybody what you do else know. who wasn't in the room has no idea. Here's what you do know. The Giants interviewed a handful of candidates. They made an offer to one of them, and apparently reportedly, that guy accepted it. What else do you need to know? The, no, you know, as I'm far, just saying as people far as we rank, know, as far you know, as we they know, stood, that's all they did not offer the job to anybody else, and no such person turned them down. So to say anybody else is their first choice would be inaccurate. The first choice is the guy who gets the first offer. Right? No debate there. Okay. The facts align. As that way. far as yeah. we understand it, one guy got an offer and he took it. Doesn't, doesn't that make him the first choice? I once again, I have nothing to disagree with. You. I'm just I'm <laughs> reacting to the reports I, out there. I'm not that going the by last reports. Was talking Re about. reports are That's hogwash. I'm to. going by math. Yeah. Well, by math, yes. Math. There's no debate around that. That's science right there.
Well, you did bring up the physicist earlier in the program, so who am I to disagree from that standpoint? <laughs> Chase is in Baltimore. Chase, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening? Oh, How we doing, Chase? I'm on. Yes. What's going on? It's, it's Shakes, man. What's going shakes. on, Shakes, okay. Good to hear from you, man, Shakes. We're doing well. Long time no speak. long time. Yes. Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah. Happy New Year to y'all, too, man. Very long time. And I definitely had to call in to talk about this coach. Now, this is my thing. It got me crazy. Uh, the fans and their reaction. First, like, they don't know who this coach is. And understandable. But from my knowledge, um, two, two coaches that I respect a lot has come from special teams or being a special teams coach. And that's um, Harbaugh in Baltimore, Coughlin that was here who won us uh, two championships. They, they both came from the special team. So all this, oh, oh, we just got this old Joe Small guy. I mean, bro, y'all don't know what y'all got. Shakes, can I, can I add one thing to what you just said? It is the mm -hmm. most shallow thing that we all do as a society to immediately criticize and rip something or someone who we don't know about. That's right. what we do as a society. It's a shame. It's sinful. And, and the media is as guilty of it as anybody. So when, when, when I heard about this happening this morning, first thing I did was get on the phone to somebody who knows this guy like a glove and has worked with him and knows him for several years. And I said, listen, I don't know this guy from a hole in the wall. Okay, all I know is what I've read on his resume. What can you tell me? And I spent an extensive conversation with this guy who then filled me in, and I have great respect for him. And so my impression right now is I'm intrigued. I'm thinking there's a lot of positives there, and I'm looking to see for myself when the guy gets here and starts working as to what it is that my opinion is going to be. But certainly, the first thing anybody should do when they don't know anything about the person or the situation is call somebody who does rather than immediately throw up flames and saying, this guy's terrible. Oh, I'm so upset. How could we do this? It's a disaster. That is so shallow. Listen, it's no different than the reaction to the sixth overall pick this past year with Daniel Jones. You know, people mm -hmm. didn't know a lot about Daniel Jones, and they reacted the same way. So, you know, the old school of thought is, in addition to what Paul was saying, now granted, most fans can't pick up the phone and ask somebody to give them the, the news is on true. Joe Judge. So, I mean, let's be practical. But there's nothing wrong with saying, let's see what he does before everybody starts all of a sudden piling up their judgments. I, I, I just wonder, as a, as a matter of a point, and I'm not making a comparison, but as a matter of a point, how many Giants fans knew who Bill Parcells was? When they named him head coach. Yeah. No, exactly. No different. Yeah. Exactly. Now, um, one thing I wanted to um, ask is this. Uh, I, You know, I'm looking at the coordinators, and I'm, I don't know who I really want to be a coordinator, but what I want to do on the defensive side is I definitely want to go back to the 4-3. And so I wanted to know your um, opinion on that because I, I really think that um, if we go back to the 4-3 and sign Leonard Williams, I think the way, the way the roster is right now, I think we can be very, very good going back to that 4-3. So I just wanted to know what y'all think about that. Thanks for taking my call. All right, Chase. I will be back soon. So. Appreciate right, the call. Chase. Good to hear from you. Thanks for weighing in. Well, you guys know how I feel. I've been talking about that now for several months on this program. Uh, I'd like to see that happen too, but let's not kid ourselves. If the new coordinator comes in, and I'm assuming it'll be a new coordinator, and he doesn't believe in a 4-3, then they're not going to run a 4-3, and it doesn't matter if any of us like it. He's going to run what he feels comfortable with and what gets him the job. Absolutely. Plus, once again, if you go to the history of the coach, okay, Joe Judge has been at New England, and what has Belichick run for all of the years? He's that run Judge, both. He has run both, but the He's main... run both. The main, though, principle has been a 3-4, though, okay? You can at least look at it at that. That doesn't mean that he won't mix it up, but what I'm saying is I think the base has been primarily a 3-4. Put it this way. Over the Bill years. has never been afraid to put four down linemen on the field. No, not, I, I don't disagree with you there. I do not disagree Let's with you. Let's put it that way. I'm just saying that that was at least the base. But here's the other thing, though. 
Betcher move things around too and personnel. So uh, this whole conversation about three, four, four, three. It's how he, do you use the personnel? He rarely put four defensive linemen down on the line of scrimmage, though, unless it was short yardage. Rarely. But I guess what I'm saying is here, Paul. You know, putting two get... linebackers outside of two defensive tackles on the line of scrimmage with their hand down, to me, that's not a, that's not a four. Well, but here's it's the a thing. Four, that's a four-man front, but it's not two down linemen. I mean, four down linemen. It's two down linemen and two linebackers with their hand down. That's not what I'm talking about. No, that's more of a hybrid type of scenario that you're talking about. What I'm saying is, is though, if a coordinator comes in and he wants to be creative and he wants to move personnel around and it works, who cares whether it's a 3-4 or a 4-3? Without question. That's what I'm getting at. Without question. We get too caught up in it's got to be a 4-3, it's got to be a 3-4. Well, if there's creativity within the scheme, (laughs) that's really all that matters. Here's the operative phrase, get it done. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's why I really don't think it matters at the end of the day whether you know they oh. run this as their base or not. I think the coordinator needs to say, hey, this is the personnel groupings. This is how I want to use the personnel groupings, and it's going to work effectively. And that's what the new coordinator is going to have the task of doing. Joe is in New Jersey. We bring him in here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Joe? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hi, Hi. Joe. What's on your mind? Uh, so um, I know nothing's official yet, but I just wanted to touch base with you guys. Now that um, the Titans have advanced in the playoffs and uh, they were able to take down Belichick and company, could this Joe Judge hire be sort of a Mike Rebell kind of approach? And uh, I'm really optimistic about the hire. I know nothing's official yet, but, um, you know, like like Paul said before, the internet and the media is a bit fueled by narcissism and uh, sort of stereotypes and jump into conclusions. And I don't want to judge the hire until next season starts. So um, obviously that happened with Daniel Jones last uh, last uh, NFL draft, and I think he has great potential as long as he um, fixes the fumbles. But as far as the Joe Judge hire, do you think this could be sort of a Mike Rebell kind of approach that the Titans took with it? Well, you're talking about Mike Vrabel, first of all, the head coach of Tennessee. Yeah, I, I'm glad you figured yeah. out the well, translation there because I wasn't referring sure. to Mike Vrabel and uh, appreciate the phone call, Joe. First of all, Vrabel played for Belichick. This, to me, is one of the biggest misconceptions out there. Vrabel was never on the Patriots coaching staff. So I don't consider Vrabel as part of the Belichick coaching tree, Paul. That's just my opinion. He played for him. I get it. He never coached for him. He was with the Texans organization before he got the job with Tennessee. So let's be careful in terms of making the comparisons from that standpoint. No, I, I don't think it has anything to do with Mike Vrabel and Tennessee beating New England. Vrabel did a good job with Tennessee last year, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Remember, they lost to Indianapolis in the final right. week of the season. So I think this is Judge made an impression on the Giants, and he wowed them. He's got a good game plan. He's different in terms of his background as a special teamer. I don't really think it has anything to do with this assistant, this player came from Belichick and did that. Because, once again, we talked about this earlier in the program, Paul. You're not duplicating Saban and Belichick or any other assistant. Joe Judge is a completely different individual. So even if you go with what this guy did, who's to say that the other guy that you bring in is going to be able to do that all over again? Look, the bottom line is, I think by any stretch of the imagination, if this thing gets signed... It's a bold move. And knowing where the Giants have come from over the last decade, they understand that they need to get this right. I mean, let's not kid ourselves, Lance. They they need to be successful with this next era of coaches. So they must have great conviction in not only the guy they're hiring for this job, but the folks he's going to bring in. They didn't take this lightly. All right, let's uh, get one more phone call in here. David is in Brentwood. David, welcome to the program. What do you got for us? Hello. How are we doing, David? Hello. Yes. Hello there. You're on the air, David. What's on your mind? Yeah, I just want to say that um, when I first found out about Joe Judge being the next head coach of the New York Giants, not to mention the 19th head coach in New York Giants franchise history, it just came to my mind perspective that this could be one of the most underrated hires for this offseason. Well, but not only that, but not only that, but you have head coaches that are hired. Go ahead, David. We're listening. 
All right. Hello. Yes, we're, Hello, we're listening, David. Real quick, make your point. I just want to say that uh, this Joel Judge head coach hire might be, it probably might be one of the most underrated head coach signing of this entire offseason. Well, thank, well, thank yeah, you, David. I appreciate and the call. Here's what I would say about that. His name has not come up annually in head coaching searches. So, obviously, there was not a perception of him being in those waters. So, in that regard, you could say it's an underrated hire yeah. because no one has thought about him in those headlines before. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a household name and didn't have maybe the sexiness attached to his name as some of the other candidates. But once again, there's also been players that have been taken in the draft in later rounds and turn out to be better than the guys that go in the first round. Here's so, the bottom line. It's no different. Get to know the guy and get to know the staff he puts together before you make any judgments. That is going to do it for us. Appreciate everybody tuning in. The phone calls as well. Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. According to multiple reports, nothing official. It looks like the Giants have found their new head coach, special teams coordinator, wide receivers coach of the Patriots, Joe Judge. We'll certainly have more coverage here on Giants.com moving forward. For Paul Dottino, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday and always stay locked to Giants.com. Have a good one.